We're back, baby! It's episode 65. Episode 65 of Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. How's it going, Mike? It's going okay. I'm feeling the stress of uh, the pandemic. Yeah. The, just the ambient stress of it lately. Yeah. Not so much. There's nothing in particular that's pressing down on me other than the the strictures of the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Imminent widespread death and <laughs> brain damage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the good news is... Uh-huh. This week, we have two guest co-hosts. Oh, thank God. Open your eyes. Okay. There they are. Oh, hey. Hey. Sarah and Jordan are back. I thought that Jordan was on the show before. But I wasn't. But he, but was he wasn't. So Sarah's back and Jordan's here. And I was going to play to start off the show um, the entirety of the Prefab Sprout album, Jordan, The Comeback. <laughs> uh, Next time. Which came out in 1990, and Michael Jordan's comeback wasn't until... I don't know. The late 90s. You're saying that Patty McAleen prefigured the return? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He is a prophet. Yeah. My son has been very into... uh, So we have the Raspberry Pi uh, video game emulator. Mm -hmm. Is that illegal? I don't know. Okay. Right answer. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But he's been playing NBA Jam on that thing and really getting into it. Dude. It's so funny to watch him pick. Somehow he knows that he wants to be the Chicago Bulls, even though he doesn't know anything about basketball. But he keeps picking to be B.J. Armstrong and Tony, Tony Kukoc <laughs> <laughs> instead of Scottie Pippen, which I think is very funny. <laughs> Have you seen that ESPN documentary, The Last Dance? We started it. Is that the Air Jordan one? <laughs> uh, yeah, and the whole gang. The whole gang's there. <laughs> Dennis Rodman. Dennis Bad Boy Rodman. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Scotty Air Pippen. Uh-huh. They both have the nickname Air. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We've been watching it with my mom and my grandma, and I gotta say the Dennis Rodman focus episode was a little <laughs> bit much for grandma. Uh, so. Oh, sure. Yeah, we yeah. picked it because there there are so few things we can watch with her that she won't, you know, get the vapors about. <laughs> and we really thought this would be safe, and we were kind of surprised that she was interested. But she's she's pretty riveted. Well, she her, her uh, late husband was a Bulls fan. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. they, they're they're Chicago they sports Chicago. people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, she's it's been all right. She's pretty cool. She like if she doesn't like something, she just gets up and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> One time she sat through all of Beston's show though, and at the very end she just said, "Good riddance." <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I presented it to the family like this is like a really fun like yeah. wholesome comedy we can yeah. watch together and then I forgot that it's first of all like a really dark movie yeah. and also there's a lot of stuff that's you know maybe difficult for like a an older mm-hmm. uh, Grace Brethren lady <laughs> <laughs> we knew we were in trouble though when like the very first scene in the movie is that couple yeah. with Parker their therapist Posey and her husband yeah. they're talking to the dog therapist about how the dog saw them in a compromised position <laughs> we have been going through those christopher guest movies while we were at the beginning of the lockdown and i had forgotten that opening as well and so it's me and my children and i put that on i just i just wrote it out and everything was fine but <laughs> uh speaking of watching movies with grandmas i don't know if i've told this story on the show before but when i was a child watching with movies with grandmas is the sequel to riding in cars <laughs> with boys <laughs> Oh, I thought it was the se- next season of Comedians in Cars Getting oh. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're wrong. Sorry, go, sorry I interrupt, interrupted you. Go ahead. I, we've also watched both Wayne's World movies in, in the lockdown. And uh, I was telling this story the other day to someone. Uh, when I was a kid, 
my brother and I spent the night with our grandmother, and she let us rent Wayne's World. And there's this scene in Wayne's World uh, where he's like pulling his underwear up his butt crack and dancing around, and then it, he jumps on her in bed, and he's going camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two, and uh, it, uh, and it's just silliness. But on the screen, the words flash gratuitous sex scene or something <laughs> like that, and uh, as soon and everything was fine. We're just watching it. I'm starting to like sweat, you know. And as soon as it says those words on the screen, I stood up and said to my grandmother, I'm not sure we should be watching this. I, d- I think he's a little too young and pointed to my brother. Uh-huh. And so I went and turned it off and we didn't finish the movie. And to this day, you've never seen Wayne's yeah. I stop it at that point every yeah. time. Yeah. That's the end of the movie. That reminds <laughs> me of, I think I mentioned this on the show before, about the one time in sixth grade at space camp. We went to space camp. And we were all staying in actual hotels. It wasn't like on the premises. There were three of us six-year-old boys, four of us, uh, four six-year-old, sixth-grade boys <laughs> in our room. Anyway, someone found uh, the uh, Cinemax or something, and there was a gratuitous sex scene. Oh. A real one. No. And nice. so I just remember uh, locking myself in the bathroom and reading my Bible. <laughs> really? Yep. The self-censorship of, of young know. religious people is really amazing <laughs> to me. Yeah. That you... Yeah. It's not just that people are keeping things from you. It's that you're keeping things from yourself. Yeah. Well, God is watching. Yeah, you're a true believer. Yeah, Yeah, you really inculcate a strong (laughs) superego. Yeah. (laughs) Did you remove yourself from uh, compromising scenes and positions as a youngster? Oh, yeah. But your parents didn't let you watch anything that would have had it. That's true. I didn't have as many opportunities. As a teen, uh, I I could drive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, my <laughs> my youth group friends rented The Exorcist. And uh, w- uh, there were no parents around. We were old enough to have no guardians. Or whoever's oh, house. The, the movie. Yeah. That you're talking about. <laughs> An actual <laughs> exorcist. Yeah, you got to clarify the that. local. Uh, yeah, so we were. Somebody put that on. There were parents there, but they were, you know, in the other rooms. So they were the c- cool parents. And uh, the movie started. And I can't remember w- at what point, but I was like, well, I guess I better be going. So I got in my car and drove home. It's a movie about how Satan is bad. Yeah, right. I've I've watched it since yeah. and loved it, but you know, yeah. at that time it was a little too much. Also, there were older people than me in my church who had talked about that movie. Like they were like, when we were teenagers, this movie came out, The Exorcist, and all of our high school buddies went and watched it. And then all these goats started getting sacrificed <laughs> in rural Indiana, and it was a big. So it kind of it kind of dipped into the satanic panic stuff, uh, which influenced me yeah it's interesting because that movie is about something that seems very specifically catholic yeah but i guess Prot- i mean protestants have demonic possession too oh oh yeah big time do you think it has a different flavor than catholic demonic possession oh yeah i think so yeah i don't know very much about catholicism but uh i do get the feeling they're treated differently I was very afraid of demonic, demonic possession as a kid who was n- not really religious. Didn't my, Both my parents were lapsed Catholics, but th- nothing scared me more than the idea of a demon taking over my body. Do you know what planted it in your head? No. Uh, that's a good question. I remember uh, Scary Movie 2. Okay. 3, 2. The <laughs> one with, where Natasha Lyonne, they're like doing reenacting The Exorcist. Or it's like a joke about oh, The Exorcist. Okay. And uh, I remember being extremely scared of that. And I think I saw this, just the scene of The Exorcist where she does the spider walk. Yeah. Which I, is not even in the movie, right? That's a deleted scene. Oh, good question. I think, sure. maybe oh. not. I don't know. 
But someone showed, maybe someone just described that to me and the idea of like being so possessed by the devil that your body physically contorts was like so scary to me. I don't know why, uh, it just got me. Maybe it's like a control thing. Like the fear of of being totally out of control of your own body is what's really scary about it. But yeah, I'm not, probably like scary movie too, The Simpsons, (laughs) whatever, you know, like a child idea of of things that are scary that are not supposed to be. Pop pop culture uh, demon possession. Who's that redheaded fella who was always exercising demons? He's like a famous Christian... uh, Exorcist. Oh, I don't know. Scammer. Uh, I forget his name. Anyway, if you don't know him, then I guess he's not that well known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, we had like tent revivals and stuff when I was growing up. And uh, I remember people older than me and my family and around me talking about, you know, back w- we had one of these years ago and there was a guy that came and he was all messed up and, you know, just talking about he, how he's possessed and he has some interaction with, you know, the traveling preacher and he slithered up the center aisle like a snake on his belly whoa it's just like all right that's terrifying i mean as a child here it was in our church it was more like uh hey come up to the front if you want us to remove the demon of uh cigarette smoking or specific demons the demon of uh sexual Perversions. Uh, perversions. So if you went up there, you were like doxing yourself, and they knew <laughs> yeah, what you had been like, up to. It's not me doing it; it's the demon in, inside of me. Right. That's, you know, I've never heard anyone really mention that or ask about it. It's a very normal thing in my head, but that's a big part of it. it at least where I'm from, that uh, y- the whole thing is you make this pronouncement in front of everyone that like, I'm here, I'm bad, <laughs> fix me. You know, uh, I never really considered that the self. Immolation of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, like, if you're Catholic, everyone sees you go into the communion booth, but they don't know what you're saying. That's between you and God and your priest. Confession. What did I say? Communion booth. (laughs) (laughs) Communion booth. (laughs) Well, do they they don't do communion in the confession booth? That's separate. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's separate. Separate line. Yeah, it's a separate deal. I, um, this week, looked up the Wikipedia entry on uh, the denomination of church that I grew up in, which I'd never done before. I don't know why it never occurred to me that that would even exist, uh, but it does, and I learned a few things. What was it? What's the formal name? Yeah. The Free Will Baptists. Uh. Mm-hmm. Free Will Baptists. So, so I've so never heard of them. You so want to give us a little <laughs> rundown? Well, do, so do Baptists typically not believe in free will as far as uh, <laughs> um, uh, your... Uh, um, yeah, the, the salvation of your soul being predetermined. Mm. Yeah, the, uh, what what it the distinctions in the article uh, were, um, you know, predestination versus free will, obviously. But then also, once saved, always saved, seemed to be a big deal. Um, the, uh, what was it, the reason I think it surprised me uh, that there would even be a Wikipedia entry is because my own church, growing up, was so isolated mm. and and like we weren't connected to any like conference or any kind of uh, I, I remember when I was a young kid like preteen we went to some kind of free will Baptist you know th- three states whatever tri-state area um, we did that one time ever and I remember everyone kind of bristling at it and so we just stayed in our little rural <laughs> thing uh, so it was interesting reading through that stuff and being like oh there's like 
penance to this doctrine that were not even a part of my life, even though that was my whole identity as a kid. That, that, that was interesting, even though none of it, I, like I can't tell you which side they fall on on the once saved, always saved. I can't remember mm. what it said even. But I don't know. It was just fascinating to me that it's like, oh, yeah, there's a whole history to this that goes back to like, yeah. you know, it's hundreds of years old, and I'm just, I existed in this bubble version of it. Our pastor's wife's dad was the superintendent of the Assemblies of God for the whole state. Whoa. So we got it. You got the good stuff. <laughs> One time when I was running sound, I was the sound man when I was like 12 years old. He uh, he was preaching and he like passed out giving a sermon. What? Oh my gosh. Why? Yeah. He didn't like, die on stage or anything, but <laughs> it was like, maybe that's what just happened. Whatever, we don't know. Uh, so yeah, they called in the paramedics. They came into the stage and did their thing and brought him back to life. It was wild. Did you guys ever go to church camp? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> you did. You did. Well, uh, I'm not sure what you mean by church camp. I went to like Brethren National Youth Conference. Yeah, that's so. church okay. camp. Well, church is it like an overnight thing, Monday through Friday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ours but was it wasn't out in the woods, which uh, is I always think camp means. Oh, sure. Ours was in like these. They were like hotel hotel rooms, basically, in this oh. nice conference area in Hartford City. Ours was in Lake these Pl- Lake like Placid. <laughs> was the name of the lake. Ours was in these rickety see-through cabins in Silver Lake, <laughs> were, and there were like snakes in the water. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, whenever I like, Ernest goes to camp or something, it's like, oh, other people didn't camp like we did. Yeah, we had air conditioning and showers in each of oh, our yeah. camp rooms. Oh, that doesn't count. I know. What? Where was your camp? Well, I can't even remember actually now, um, but it sounds like it was probably a little bit different because mine was like. Um, they had like seminars and lectures that you're supposed to attend. Mm-hmm. I don't know. As a child? Ours well, was that was like as a teen. Yeah. Uh. Ours just had a big like church service every single night. Yeah. Where they like try to get you to speak in tongues and stuff. <laughs> was this like with um, just the youth or this was yeah. like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Was yours like a family camp? No, what I was talking about, I realized now actually we did have church camp where the where the like youth group went camping together uh, okay. that's a little different um but then also brethren national youth conference was like we weren't even grace brethren but we just jumped on they were around yeah, yeah. so Warsaw you, is very grace brethren that was heavy. like thousands and thousands of grace brethren kids getting bussed in from all over the midwest um Our i think kid. it was in marion indiana i'm not sure oh interesting um our campus in Hartford City, which is only like 20 minutes away from Muncie, where I was, but it was like for the whole state, so like, we only had a 20 minute drive, all these people, you know, are coming from throughout the state. Church camp is where I first found out about... Oh no. <laughs> Christian Ska. Oh. <laughs> yeah, someone there had an insider's tape. Nice. Yeah. It could have been worse. <laughs> yeah. What was the... You were telling me... Wait. Either Mike or Jordan, <laughs> someone from the Warsaw or area. Or Michael Jordan. Or Michael Jordan was telling me about a Christian bookstore that had the CD section had like a flow chart of like, if you like this secular band. The Herald bookstore. <laughs> that was, that yeah, was you. That was Mike, yeah. but I know that I went to that bookstore a lot. <laughs> I think that's probably why. Yeah, I couldn't remember who told yeah. me because it was like. I forgot about hmm. the flow chart. Yeah. yeah. But it was like looked cool. Like it, looked, it was, <laughs> yeah. you know, designed like a cool poster. So is there, like, if you like Less Than Jake, you should listen to The Five Iron Frenzy, yeah, Yeah. totally. Wait, is Five Iron Frenzy a Christian band? Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. How do I not know this? Yeah. 
No, how do you even know about Five Iron Frenzy? Because <laughs> I had friends who like listened to bad music growing up. <laughs> hey, uh, like Come on. T- two years ago, my family went to Savannah, Georgia, for a vacation. My my parents took us. Uh, so like my whole family. Uh, and one afternoon, I just took off in the car. There was a record shop nearby where we were staying. And I rifled through all their used CDs and found all the Five Iron Frenzy CDs that I didn't have for a dollar. So I bought like six Five Iron Frenzy CDs for a buck uh, and have listened to them since. Are they a ska band? <laughs> yes. They don't care if they're rock or ska uh. or hardcore enough for you. <laughs> I think in my head I Is that a line? That's a line from one of the songs Yeah. Okay. Like I know they're not the Ben Folds 5 But I think when I hear their name That's what I think of Maybe I just had friends who like like I had friends who liked Ben Folds 5 The Squirrel Nut Zippers <laughs> Five Iron Frenzy There's just like a whole little area of like yeah. There was a big cringe then, that, then there was a Speaking of cringe There was a uh, <laughs> Christian 90s swing revival mm-hmm. scene. Separate from the, the secular 90s. Yes. Brian Setzer. T- well, influenced by it. Right. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. So you guys just had like an off-brand version of everything. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Wow. What, Jordan, you were telling me about Bible Man? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Bible Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's, it, He's can a, you explain Bible Man again? Well, you've heard of Superman, right? <laughs> <laughs> Where was Bible Man? So Bible Man was a TV show. I don't, I just got the or video, video cassettes. cassettes. Yeah. I don't know if it I was gonna say like did, yeah, did this air? It, it seemed on to something? me like McGee and me, where it was like episodic, but you just had to buy these tapes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and back then the tapes would be like forty dollars, and you'd have to get them from that Christian bookstore. So yeah, you're just <laughs> or like them at church through the mail from Focus on the Family. Yeah. Hey, I got an alert on my phone. Uh, the Dukes of Hazard stars have responded to renewed controversy over the car's Confederate flag. I don't know. Wow. I'm not gonna read the article right now, but. <laughs> I can't wait to either hear. way. Yeah. Who knows? Seems like really relevant stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to relitigate a show that nobody cares about anymore. Yeah. Hey, speaking of relevant stuff, and not to wildly change the subject, but oh, I have, we have two experts here, so I'm on the fence trying to figure out what to do with my kids about school. And you're both in mm. education in different degrees, but I wonder uh, what your take on the schools and the virus are. Jordan? Also... Don't feel pressured to speak for anyone but yourself. Let's make that caveat that anyone listening, these people, these are just people. We're just people. <laughs> They're trying to figure it out like the rest of us. No, we're yeah. experts, and we are speaking <laughs> in official capacity. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you should answer. You should field this one. Yeah, well, I have mixed feelings about it as someone who has spent the last three months doing e-learning, like teaching my students remotely. It's pretty hellish. It's... Yeah. It's bad. I don't like doing it, and I don't think it's good, f- you know, for them to be. It's in no way uh, replaces a real education being around other people. I think one of the most important things about school is like what it teaches you socially, yeah. how to be with other people. The academic stuff you could, a lot of kids could do on their own, or with you know, probably if you spend an hour a day just doing learning in a really focused way you could get everything you get out of a school day if you're the kind of parent who can and is and is interested in in teaching your child at home like you're gonna do a better job i would say then well that's not quite fair it just uh, my experience is that at least in like the schools i've worked at kids a lot of kids just don't get enough attention and they're not necessarily keeping up all the way so 
I don't know. I just think like if you have a one-on-one educational opportunity as a parent and you're willing to and and able to follow up on that, it's going to be good for your child. Yeah, and they'll probably get more targeted learning than they would out of an eight-hour school day. That said, that's not really what school is for. So uh, there is a part of me that's like what they're missing out on interpersonally, learning to be with other people, learning to deal with other people. that is you can't replace that that said i do i think i'm ready to go back to teaching five days a week with a bunch of kids every day i could do it because i don't like when we live in maryland we're not really around like we're not living with anyone immunocompromised we're not immunocompromised like if i got sick it would be not a huge you know i could deal with that but i do worry about like you know teachers with kids or teachers who are not in the same position as me. So, you know, I don't know. We're talking in Maryland about going to some kind of hybrid like every other day or like half days or like half the kit. Some kids are there one day and some kids are there the other day. I don't know. It's going to be a mess, whatever we do. What are your concerns as a parent? Uh, Familially, the concerns are what can we manage? My wife and I both have to work. Um, I'm probably headed back physically to work um, in a full-time capacity relatively soon. I spe- especially if school starts up, I would think that I'll have to go back pretty quickly um, to being a- away from home for 40 hours a week. Um, so if we don't send... We just have one, our son, who, who's old enough to go to school. If we don't send him... Uh, then we have to manage his education while we work, which we did a little bit at the beginning of the shutdown and was difficult. Uh, but both of us were here. If it was just one of us, I think it would be pretty impossible to manage that. Mm-hmm. Um, With another kid around. Yeah, too. totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the, the virus is the concern. Like, I don't want to send my child into a you know, uh, Petri dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I don't want him to get sick, but I also don't want him to bring something home. I don't want him to send something to the school to another kid. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there's just so many question marks. Like, I still feel like so much is unknown about this virus, and we're just kind of wading into things and hoping for the best, which is to a degree what we have to do. Yeah. But. I, I wish there was some leadership on it, which, you know, I think we're all feeling that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just feels like it feels like a tricky decision to make. Uh, I'm also concerned that we'll make the decision to send our kid to school, and then in two or three weeks, they have to close the schools down because they got the virus at the school. Mm-hmm. And then what do we do? We're not prepared. We didn't prepare for that to happen, you know. So I don't know. It just feels like it's going to be a hard, a hard few months coming up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like, can you take your kid to work with you every day? Like, can kids change their temperaments enough to like be in uh, spaces they wouldn't normally have the kind of like wherewithal or yeah, attention span or like personal like self control to to be in? It seems like it's going to be a necessity to some extent that kids like have to be around their parents while their parents are working and like I did that a lot when I was a kid because I would go with my mom as a midwife and I would go with her to prenatals and 
I'd be in like somebody else's house and just have to be quiet or like sometimes when my dad was teaching I would have to like be in the corner of his classroom uh, like entertaining myself but it, you know I was a kid who my temperament was pretty like quiet and I wanted to read and I was used to being my, by myself because I was an only child I feel like there are kids who like that would be a huge adjustment and it would be really difficult to just like not be able to get your parents attention while they're doing something else and have to totally entertain yourself quietly like you know not every kid's personality is like that so that poses its own problem like if you even could bring your kid to work yeah and I, I mean th- you talked about socializing and being around other kids like the stimulation alone of just being around other kids I can't provide that here it, to to uh, you know we've been l- I've mentioned video games earlier we've kind of let the video games go crazy <laughs> um, in the last couple weeks in particular just because it's like what what more can we do? We keep, we've run out of ideas, you know, in a lot of ways. We were going uh, on hikes a lot, yeah, on trails and stuff, you know. But it's it's been it's been hot. We went out. We did take the kids out two nights ago or three nights ago, um, on a hike. And on the way home, the bank marquee said one hundred and one degrees. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like we were fine and everything was cool but it was hard and it was just like gosh this doesn't feel sustainable and this isn't even the hottest part of the country I know. yeah i just keep thinking back to like what it was like when i was a kid before anyone had any like technological anything and i was like out in the woods by myself all the time i mean my parents were there but i was like having to entertain myself constantly and i think if i had had like a computer in front of me that's all i would have done yeah. i almost feel like the only way you can you either have to like not have it or if you don't want your kids to do it all the time maybe you need to just not have it like yeah i don't know yeah. if there's cuz once you provide something that's that like attention grabbing and stimulating like why would they choose yeah. anything else you know i do f- i do feel like we've been able just thankfully because of my son's personality we've been able to integrate it into other things he's doing mm-hmm. so he uses it to work on drawings and he I, I, I've I talked to him a lot about like where video games come from and he's really curious about like the evolution of, of different systems and like stuff that I don't even know or care about but I at least am glad that he's curious about this world that he's being introduced to rather than just like feed me totally Donkey passive. Kong or whatever yeah. yeah yeah isn't that kind of the default position with most kids though that they are hungry and curious to learn about the world that they're confronted with i hope so i i don't have much experience with kids outside my own but i hope so that seems like that would be the case to me uh and and that's i think that's kind of why i feel okay about the amount of video games that are happening in our house right now is because oh okay at least i Personally, even though I don't know or care about video games at all, I at least have the wherewithal and the resources to feed into that stuff. And it doesn't feel so one-dimensional to me or isolating. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, we can still interact about it, and he's not left to his own devices. To well, while he's doing this, how many Mountain Dews are you letting him drink today? <laughs> <laughs> he's got one of those beer helmets with one on okay. each side and straws. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah a gamer chair. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a rig. Yes. Hey, did you get a new uh, birdhouse? 
I built that. Oh, really? Yeah. You built that? Just wow. like a couple days that ago. That looks like, like a, something you'd buy in a store, in a birdhouse store. I thought <laughs> it looked very Slavic. I was I thought admiring it like something like that cuckoo clock you got from our our uh, what's that place called? Our house. Our house. Uh, I would say thank you for all those compliments, and then I would say <laughs> don't look at it up close if that's if those are the things you think about it. You should get into the bird the birdhouse business. Bird housing. Your thing. It's like hey. This is going to look great from 50 feet away. <laughs> Just don't get up close unless you're a bird. I wanted, the, I had a different color paint for it. I don't like that green. Uh, I had like a baby blue that I thought would go with that orange really well, but it was a really old can of paint. When I opened it, it was like frothy oil on top and then just like a clump of hard pigment on the bottom. The forbidden <laughs> liquid. Yeah, it was really gross. You know the thing about baby blue? There are three different songs called Baby Blue, and they're all good. There's Baby Blue by Giorgio Moroder, maybe his best song. Uh Baby Blue by Badfinger, and Baby Blue by George Strait. They're all great songs. And there's a Baby Blue by um, the the Chocolate... Oh, man, I'm going to butcher this name. It's like kind of like psych... Uh, psychedelic rock band, the Chocolate Watch Band. King Gizzard and the Lizard Um, Wizard. (laughs) Strawberry Alarm Clock? (laughs) Chocolate, chocolate like peppers, chocolate something watch band. I oh yeah, that sounds familiar. That sounds that's, totally that's, made it's up. An, but <laughs> it, made it, up. It's not made up. Um, and the song is called Baby Blue, and okay. it is also a good song. Okay, good to know. You're gonna have to double oh, to fact check Blue. me on the artist name, but <laughs> we'll add that to the Baby Blue playlist. We had it. We were having a conversation in the car about a similar thing, a similar musical doubling, which is that there are two Geno Washingtons. Oh. Do you, are you aware of either? No. I don't know. I've never heard the name. Okay, so there is a fame, a more famous Geno Washington who is like a 1960s, from Evansville, Indiana, R&B singer who moved to England and he had Jordan, what was it called? What? Geno Washington and? And the Ram Jam Band. And the Ram Jam Band. Oh. <laughs> that was his band. And there is a Dexys Midnight Runner song called O Geno, which I think is about that Geno. And his name is spelled G-E-N-O. And then we conflated him with another uh, American R&B singer named from Detroit, G- from Detroit, named Gino Washington, spelled G-I-N-O. Oh, why would there be two Gino Washingtons? Yeah, because Jared asked us what if we wanted to play any songs, and I was thinking about playing "Around the Town" by Gino G-I-N-O Washington. And then Jordan was like accidentally reading me the Wikipedia article of the other Gino Washington <laughs> or something like that. No, you had told me that he was yeah. he had lived in England, and I didn't think that was right because it was the other Gino Washington. I didn't even know the other Gino Washington existed when we had this conversation. They were working around the same time, but the good Gino—I mean, I'm sure the other <laughs> one's fine—but G I N O Gino Washington has some very excellent songs. But what what happened to him? He like went to the army and then yeah he he like had all his all his hits were local hits when he was in high school in and Detroit. then he got, he got drafted in the sixties um, was in Japan and Vietnam and then when he came back from overseas didn't his musical oh, career didn't man. take off wow. so but just has, a hi, just high school hits yeah, yeah around the town they're pretty lo-fi yeah really you can find them online Is lo-fi Gino's but beautiful arrangement for something I don't know. Genius. <laughs> Genius Red Donald. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking that too. And why would it be spelled two different ways? Yeah. We'll never know. We yeah. Never but there's another know. good Gino Washington called song called 
Gino is a coward. That was one of his local hits. Oh, yeah. nice. And that's real good. That's, you know, he's not afraid of anything, but he, he's afraid of love. He's afraid uh, to kiss. Oh. He's not afraid to ride in the back of a dinosaur. But when he thinks <laughs> about girls, yeah. he gets really nervous. <laughs> he, he tamed a, a gorilla, but he's afraid of love. Oh. It's an mm. insult Pointy. anthem. Uh, you mentioned <laughs> Ram Jam. That's one of my least favorite songs of all time. Oh, oh yeah. Black Betty? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's not a very good one. It Bam really drives him. drives me up a wall. I hate it Speaking when I hear it. I get angry. <laughs> Speaking of songs that are that I don't like, what's your least favorite song on Jordan the Comeback? Oh, hang on. Let me look at a track listing because there's really one bad that I it. that I really dis- <laughs> dislike, and I skip every time. I think I like them all. Turn yeah, it's that's hard for me. I mean, me there to are say. some that have you know. Th- there are many moods of Jordan. Sure. So I'm not always in the mood for yeah yeah where we're at in the record, but yeah. I don't know from the kind of canon of the first four prefab sprout albums. I'm not sure there's anything I don't like. I don't like. Um, there's one song from Swoon that I don't like. Sometimes the wedding march doesn't quite hit me. Uh, yeah, that song's a little yeah. dopey. But I, I, uh, I kind of like it. Machine Gun Abisa is the one that. I don't really, like. I oh. love that song. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, That's a wrong opinion. Yeah, ro- uh, voodoo up, Romo down. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have against that? Yeah. This doesn't sit well with me. I don't like it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I Maybe think I'm the wedding march might be the, the weakest track on this extremely great album. I'm I'm with you on that. There's two Gino Washingtons, but you know what guys? There's only one Bob Rorman. That's right. <laughs> Is this Spawn? <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you doing Spawn Con? <laughs> what's what's Spawn? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's not SpawnCon. No, I think Bob Rorman, he's, is he no longer with us? I need to look <laughs> that Bob up. Bob Rorman? <laughs> I, I figured y'all would know it. He's a, it's a famous I'm in, surprised. Indiana jingle. Yeah, uh, that's. I was like, is okay. he an auto dealer? Oh, yes. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I thought maybe you were making your way to an ad. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Bob Rorman. I like Terry Lee Honda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's my uh, guy. Don, Don from Don's Guns has passed on for sure. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace, Don. I love that ad. Terry Lee Honda is one of the only bright moments I, I experienced entering 465. You know. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, th- being in Indianapolis at all. I think the Watsons girl is still with us. <laughs> Thank God. The Watsons woman now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Do you guys remember those commercials? No. Oh. She's Tell so, me more. She's so uh, upbeat. It was a... Uh, Watson's Family Fun Center or whatever. It would, they would sell uh, spas. Pools, pools and hot tubs. Uh, hot tubs, pool tables. Yeah. No. There's a really... We shouldn't say their name, and I couldn't remember it if I tried, but in Warsaw, there's a billboard that absolutely haunts us uh, featuring a family of... I'm sure it's not their fault, and I don't know if it really has anything to do with what they look like in real life, but it is one of the worst pictures <laughs> I've ever seen of any human ever. Oh, I'm very curious now. Yeah. It's right right by the courthouse, so, you know, mm-hmm. if you just look around as you circle the courthouse, you will see an, a big billboard for... I, yeah, I can't remember. It's for the best that we can't remember. Yeah, yeah. we don't want to <laughs> out anyone. But it's an ad for bail bonds. and Ah, uh, sure. But it's like uh, okay. family bail, you know, from a... F- it's him and his whole family, <laughs> and it is absolutely frightful. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, how much time do we, do we have left in this hour? Oh, we've got a lot. Okay, good. Yeah, we're sitting pretty. We've got a lot to uh, talk about. A lot of ads to you do. You guys have mentioned Warsaw a <laughs> couple a- times, and we have not mentioned that Jordan and I come from the same hometown. 
Yeah, that we're not talking about Warsaw, Poland. Yeah, no. which is where Sarah comes from. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> actually not accurate. I come from Poznań, Poland. Oh my! Oh. It's very far away from Warsaw. Get your facts straight. <laughs> and I don't actually come there. Might come from there. My dad does, but I I claim it. Have you been? Yeah, yeah, we've cool. been a lot. Jordan's been too. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, I talked about it like it was a real podunk town, and then you went there and you were like, "This is a city. What are you talking about?" <laughs> Yeah, what were you comparing it to when you called it a podunk? Warsaw, Poland, not Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, there are a lot of pretty metropolitan places in Poland that are like, do feel like cities. uh, And Poznan doesn't feel like a city to me. But I I mean, it has like a town square. It's pretty hopping. There's a big mall there in an old brewery. Oh, wow. European malls are pretty interesting. Yeah, they're much more, my experiences are much more open and... uh, and busy they feel more lively happening yeah Yeah, definitely feels more communal i don't know there's always something a little strange happening in a european mall you know some kind of like there's a stand and it feels a little more free uh freewheeling yeah yeah i think that's true but they i mean they don't have the like you know cell phone repair stands in the middle and the kind of no no airbrush t-shirt kind of vibe it's not that crass they'll they'll have like face painting going on you know it's kind of like there's a little bit of like a fair yeah like a uh, carnival carnival yeah Yeah, Yeah, definitely that jess and i have been um watching anthony bourdain's no reservations this week say say it like the horse says it please you know the horse (laughs) that sings the theme song Uh oh (laughs) well here's the thing we've we never watched it before this is he's not gonna do it i'm not i couldn't i couldn't no, <laughs> I can't. Uh, Imagine it, dear listener. Yes, please do. Um, the, which one came first, No Reservations or Parts Unknown? No Reservations. I watched an episode of that last week, too. Oh, <laughs> Where do you go? We've watched a bunch in a row just in the last two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw one where he was in um, Cambodia, one where he was in uh, Nicaragua, and... Um, Japan. That's what I Austria, watched. Japan. We saw. I watched some Copenhagen. Uh, but he also. We also watched one where he went to Joplin, Missouri. Oh, oh what's yeah. in Joplin, Missouri? A tornado? It was <laughs> nothing. <laughs> uh, it was. It was very. We we've actually been talking about it all week because we were really eating them up. Like this show's amazing. It's, you know, it's really complex, and mm-hmm. he he presents things and connects, the food and the culture to the people really well. Uh, it's it's a cool documentary. Um, of the world at that time and then watching the midwest episode though it was extreme you know it was like ozark yeah uh you know frog gigging and uh, sitting in a duck blind and that kind of thing the part of the midwest that's also kind of the deep south totally yeah i didn't watch that had like the the caption was like uh talking about squirrel eating and stuff like that it was that one yeah Yeah, okay and so we watched that and there was everything about it was familiar even though it was like i said severe for the midwest every place they went was familiar everything they did and the way the people talked was familiar in a way that felt like oh man (laughs) (laughs) did it make you feel like you were seeing midwesterners like as we're seen by other people sort of Mm -hmm. um the thing i really took away from it is that like when he's in cambodia he's talking about you know uh the khmer rouge and how uh, like an entire culture is erased but Mm -hmm. we have these ruins and we have these other things that sort of infiltrate into 
the the more modern society and there's still echoes of it around and then he's in Austria and there's like this these long traditions of you know mm. specifically food but whatever else uh, and every, everywhere he goes there's like these these rich deep cultural wells then he gets to the Midwest and it just felt like really um Shallow is not the word because I don't. I, I think that is that cheapens the people. Right. But not there's, as long-standing. There's just no. Yeah. There's nothing that's being built upon. It's everyone feels like they're flailing a little bit, even though it's still kind of beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it was just interesting to have it presented to me instead of being steeped in it like I normally am, and like I have been my whole life. But uh, it, it was interesting just to have those things butted up against each other. Do um, you think there are like parts of America where that's not true? Or is I that don't know. just like a function of America being a, a younger country? Well, I, and I was talking about like even in, you know, Central and South America, we've there's like ruins from indigenous cultures that were there that we can at least, and, and people who were yeah. enslaved or whatever by, by conquerors uh, who, whose uh, uh, family are still around, you know? So there's some holdover there. But around here, I mean, there's there's hardly any Native American influence going on in in Warsaw, Indiana, or yeah. or Bloomington, where I've lived, uh, and it just feels like I don't know, stunted. Feels stunted. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, do you have thoughts on this? Well, historically minded person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it seems like to some extent this would be uh, entangled with the the nature of America itself that y- you had mentioned. That it's it's a country that. Well, it's young, of course, but also it was started by people who had uprooted themselves, yeah. uh, themselves like uh, you know, very intentionally from their uh, past and moved here. And then you have the pioneer spirit and the way in which like there's something about America that will always seem like we just showed up. You know, it almost doesn't yeah. matter. I think which year you would you know visit yeah, we America. Just got here. <laughs> like, but we got here and we're very industrious. But I think we're very, we're people that's you know obsessed with the present. Yeah. So that all rings true to me. What you're saying uh, seems consonant with how I how I see America. And we can be quite ahistorical. Like remember in the '70s when they were gonna like tear down the Bloomington courthouse to build an actual parking lot. You know, <laughs> like I don't know that we're very good at like maintaining whatever cultural legacy we do have. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that does kind of, you know, you think about America and American progress, and it's like historical things can stand in the way of progress in this way that is is our cultural identity, <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, definitely. Which, and I, even saying all this, I'm not necessarily saying it in a negative way, though I think I probably sound negative. I'm saying it in a way that's more, more sort of like it's dawning on me for the first time in a, in a deeper way than, than normal. I've never, growing up here, I've never ever been the kind of person that's like, I gotta get out of here, see the world, I gotta yeah, find no. myself, I gotta, I gotta figure out what's on the horizon. I've done that in my life, but that's never been like a driving force for me. And I've always resented my friends and neighbors yeah. who like bailed. Big time, you know? yeah, me too. Um, but for the first time, I'm having sympathy for people like that who are from here. Hmm. Uh, just having seen, like I said, that stuff put in that context of that <laughs> TV show. I don't know. It's silly, but it's just like, it felt really uh, 
it really hit me in a place I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I think it's like worth being reminded of the. I don't want to turn it into like a, a binary kind of like good ver- pro versus con yeah, something like yeah. that, but I think it's good to be reminded that the the American way of being in the world does allow one to to move in the world in a certain way that that has that also has great beauty like the way in which Americans are able to live in the present and to focus on what needs to be done now and to move without the burden of all of this tradition and the the ties that one has to a kind of ancestral you know course that almost determines how one lives um, I mean, maybe now that like what I'm talking about is like, you know, even less of a thing, even in Europe, but certainly, um, you know, there are trade-offs to, because you, you, you called it stunted, which I thought was interesting because stunted, you know, would suggest that there's something that's being inhibited, whereas I kind of think it, but it's like from in the future or something that's like you, you want to grow into something, but something is preventing that. Whereas I would I would think of the American way of being as just rootless. So it's almost yeah. like mm-hmm. we're it's almost to me it's the it's like the opposite of being stunted, although I, I see what you're saying and I agree with it because it, it is that there is something yeah, not shallow, but there's there's some dimension of seeing how one is related to to history and, and a, a wider picture um, that we don't and I think most Americans just don't really like possess that. I think partly too, uh, this this is me being in the present. I think, um, but I think I can't I can't think about these new feelings I'm having without considering the the pandemic uh, and how it has it's first of all isolating everyone, mm-hmm. but also how that f- doesn't feel un-American to me, uh, like yeah. individualism and uh, every man for himself. Uh, which, uh, like I said, I don't actually mean to sound negative. I'm, I'm in ways proud of these things being a part of me, but they're just feeling heavy right now in terms of like, okay, when this thing ends, when we kind of get back to uh, not thinking about it all the time, what are, I don't know, I, I don't want to say normal, but when we get back to not thinking about it all the time, mm-hmm. what's there going, what are we going to find? And maybe the whole thing is like, well, we're Americans, we we... We create a new thing, uh, which is exciting and sounds positive and good. But, uh, man, it's just really been on my mind a lot in the last few days. Yeah, to kind of not have, like, a, a, like an ancestral tradition or, like, a way of doing things that is kind of more deeply ingrained in you or something. Or in all of us, like, corporately. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like thinking about how Italians responded or whatever, where they were all locked down, but they still like seemed extremely Italian about it. And, you know, it was like, it did seem like, well, this is something we're doing. Like it it was tied to their national identity or something. And maybe that's true. And like, maybe that's true about us too. And I just can't see it because it's like, you know, totally in me or something. And maybe what, like what you're saying is also true that not complying very well is part of our national identity. Yeah. And the, you know, the ways in which we're like already extremely isolated, which is not really unique to Americans, but maybe there's something about being an American that makes us like a little more blind to the ways in which we're isolated from each other and the way that like society is further isolating us. And it's, it's easier and easier to like not talk to people, not have to deal with people you don't know. I'm sure it's like a global issue, but uh, 
it seems to kind of mesh really well with cultural values that we already have about um, being really self-determined and not needing other people, which I agree is like also a, can be a very positive thing about us. Yeah, in that episode, actually, one of the guys that Bourdain is talking to, he's just asking him questions about life in Missouri or whatever. And he's, he says something about, you know, because they're all they're They're having like a fish fry on the on the banks of this river together. It's really like a familiar scene, but also, you know, a really rural one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, I forget exactly what the context was, but they're talking about how they're all together frying this fish, working together to catch these fish, whatever else. And uh, then he says something, he just makes some offhanded comment about like, uh, but a- another real thing about us is that you don't get in your neighbor's business. You don't bother them. You help them, but yeah. you don't get into their business. And that was just like, oh yeah, that's that's a, that's an admirable trait that I recognize, yeah. but also can see, especially right now, how that feels uh, like it feels difficult feels like a difficult chore <laughs> yeah i think about like my dad's neighbors who he's known for 30 years or whatever and he's like never been inside their house and doesn't really yeah. know anything about them personally but like you know they help each other do things around the area of their you know the woods that they both live in like in a very de facto way like this is just what you do yeah you, know, you have a duty to like help other people but you're also like it's definitely extremely rude to be nosy or even like ask them certain personal <laughs> questions right. even if you have like a you know kind of interesting sort of parallel intimacy of having lived by them for you know a very long three decades yeah I we've lived in this house for 15 years and had the same neighbor back here who I've interacted with and we have a good interaction we have a good working interaction it helps that he's uh, eight foot tall so you can put his uh, <laughs> his uh top half of his face above the fence there <laughs> yeah like wilson exactly yeah. uh we did build that we paid for that fence together we split it oh. and worked on it together he offered uh recently to paint it if i bought the paint he'd do the work huh so we've got that kind of relationship going but we interact so infrequently yeah like years will go by and then we'll bump into each other out here or something it's very if he, if he walks by right now we should get him on the show <laughs> come on over hey yeah, we just he interacts with me in a funny way that I he ha- has told me that how much he appreciates us over here because I guess the previous owners of this house were pretty awful. Uh, <laughs> throwing trash over the fence in yeah. their backyard. He actually told me the reason they built that fence. The, there was a fence exactly like that there before, but it was kind of crumbling. That's why we got a new one. But uh, he said the reason that they initially got it was because they hated this neighbor so much. <laughs> yeah. What would you have to do to be such a I mean, there's, like, quite a bit of space between that house and this house. Like, he how do you bother someone from that far away? He won't tell me. <laughs> oh, no. He says, you don't want to know. You do not want to know about that guy. I, d- I did learn from him that someone, pro- I s- assume the previous owner, did kill themselves in the garage. Of this house? Of this house. Do you think this house is haunted? No. You don't feel a vibe? <laughs> that was a really strenuous <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh... It's, it's creepy in here sometimes, but did I don't you, think. Did it's you haunted. feel that way before you knew that? Oh yeah, when we bought the house, uh-huh. it was a disaster. Like like learning learning that uh, someone troubled lived here and that they were 
uh, the kind of neighbor that you would say, you don't want to know. Yeah. It jibes with what we found when we bought the house. Yeah. Um, and because we had to do a ton of work to this place. You um, had to clear out somebody else's trash and Not life. trash, but... Th- okay, so there was carpet through much of the house that was like baby blue. Yeah, always a mistake. Uh, and it was covered in things that were like, did someone do an oil change <laughs> in this living room? What went down in here? Yeah. And that was throughout the house. And there are other just like... Mysterious remnants. Yeah, there are other like weird little anomalies in the house that aren't like problems but don't make sense in this way that gives me like a weird vibe um I mean like I said we've been here a long time now and everything's fine but yeah weird mysteries oh yeah is that thunder it is thunder that is thunder Mm -hmm. and the thunder rolls we should say we are outdoors we're on my back porch uh and before you jump all over us (laughs) we got the tape measure out we're we're all six feet apart well, not me and Jordan. Well, but that's by design. Yeah, we are uh, wed, so yeah. it's fine. Newly wed. Newly wed. Are you, are you still newly wed? I don't know. Well, I think for five mo- five more days we are newly wed. Yeah, okay. it's about to expire. Yeah. Newly wed oh. status. Wait, f- it's five days until your five. anniversary? Five. The 13th. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's sorry, right. I'm not so by the time you're hearing yes, this five. episode... Yeah, You'll congratulations. Congratulations, Thank everybody. You. As long as you Thank make you. it, you have five more days. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, anything could happen. You guys were both at our wedding, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was That's a great right. time. Yeah. Honored to be there. Uh, yeah, it was a nice wedding. I like weddings already anyway, uh, and yours was particularly nice. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. We've been in some real stinkers. <laughs> me and Jared, your wedding, I think, was the first wedding I went to as an adult. Oh. It's the first wedding I had been to in a long time. Wow. That was a good wedding, too. Gave you a taste for matrimony. Yeah, I was like, mm, I could get into this. <laughs> so I, have, I have Jared to thank. For yeah. That. yeah, I mean, I didn't know you yet when I went to his wedding, so. No, but he planted the seed. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I did marry you because I wanted to get married, not because I wanted to <laughs> get married to you. <laughs> Finally, someone. I just thought, oh, I want to have a wedding. I want to be the baby for a day. <laughs> you you, you want to hear something outrageously uh, oh my disturbing? God. Yeah, of course. Don't ask me. Don't, of course. I might have to leave, though. <laughs> Upsetting. It's It's... Guess who was not invited to Mike's wedding? What? Me. Well? Yeah. What did you do? All right. Let's hear it. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I've been asking myself every morning. He loves to say this to people. I didn't know him. We just didn't know each other at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had met like a week before or something, maybe, or not so long before that. That's cold. You didn't invite him? I know. Yes. Can you believe it? It really seems Im- implausible to me that you two ever didn't know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Take that for what you will. I will. Uh, I understand, and I I am happy to have what I have with Jared Cheek. Oh, goofus well, and gallon over here. <laughs> if you ever get remarried, <laughs> I know who to call. <laughs> you could have a vow renewal. Are yeah. you coming oh, yeah. up on ten years? Maybe Jared We're coming up on. It. This is fourteen. This 14? fourteen. Wow. Yeah. What? What no. is fourteen? Um. Glass. 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 I'll, yeah, get, one right. I'll Actually, get you some glass. I'm drinking out of a glass right now that has the word marriage on it. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. wow. I so. know one is paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we Wood. have to make ourselves, make each other some origami or something for our anniversary. Uh, there's one that is um, something 3D printed. Is the <laughs> gift. Um, I forget which year that is. Yeah. One of them like goo. That had to be like far silicone. enough, enough years into the marriage that 3D printing could have been invented yeah. by yeah. then. Yeah. 
<laughs> is there one for every year? It's not five year increments. I, I don't know. Who dis who determines this stuff? See, I'd this like is the culture I'm not attached journal. to. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> this is the stuff I need to know about. Uh, you guys talk about how that looks like the set of season one Survivor, and I'll look that up. <laughs> You do have a, a kind did, of a survivor type setup. It's just the tiki torches. I did. The only I thing. got those recently. <laughs> those and this guy right here, which I haven't used this one yet. Oh. Uh, little candle for the table. Is that citronella or is it just a, a nice table candle? Purely it's decorative. A, it's a skeeter repellent. Yeah. Yeah. I think citronella smells really good. Yeah. The only thing I don't love is that it is like the blackest black smoke that comes yeah. off these things. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have a spot on yeah. your ceiling. But those, I, I have used those out by the patio. Uh, the other night I was just out there hanging out, having a drink, playing guitar, lit them up, and it was nice. I was unbothered. I, I specifically bought the stuff that was like, this one has been proven in a lab mm. to deter bugs. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know if I buy it, but put my mind at ease. Yeah. We got eight up yesterday. We went to Bean Blossom Bottoms. Oh, yeah. Which is a great place, but yeah. um, we went right after it rained. Uh, and it was a, and it's swampy to begin with. There were like stinging flies. Oh jeez! You got stung in the face. Oh dear. Yeah. They didn't uh, last though. It wasn't like a bite. It was just like a little, a temporary sting. I took it very personally. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're an interloper. Well, I feel like normally, you know, like I, I kind of, I'm pretty lenient with creepy crawlies. Anything that wants to climb on me, I don't, I don't resent them for it. I, I let them. <laughs> perch yeah um so when they take a yeah when they take a nibble feel you know it's biting the hand that feeds totally yeah yeah we've had some good good creepy crawlies staying at my dad's house my dad lives you know in the woods in uh beautiful belmont indiana and we saw a legendarily huge snake recently and also the biggest spider i think i've ever seen in my life just a few days ago spiders no problem but the snakes i can't can't hang i saw you had an instagram uh video a while back of a snake in the window that was the snake yeah it was <sighs> hanging outside my my bedroom window you spotted it and you were like sarah get in here i thought something horrible had happened <laughs> i didn't say really it. i didn't it. say it like that it, I w- it wasn't concern <laughs> it was excitement because i already knew how excited yeah. you would be it just sounded very <laughs> furtive like you needed me to go in there right away well i just you know i didn't want you to miss it yeah there was, it was an more urgency. like in the no reservations voice <laughs> <laughs> I said, How's that go, Jared? <laughs> yeah, and what is that like? <laughs> hey, we're about out of time for this hour of unspoken requests with Jared and Mike. That's with true. Co-host Jared, Jordan, <laughs> wow. Sarah. Oh boy, we're never coming. <laughs> how back. much time is left in this hour? We're at the end. Okay. Of hour one. Like how much time are you talking? Uh, well, hard to say, but we're right here. Can we eat up the rest of the time talking about how much time there is? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Like how, are we talking a minute? It's a very we're talking about a minute. Podcast. Okay. Well, here's the deal. Uh, we'll leave this as, as a teaser for the next hour. I found all 60 wedding anniversary <laughs> gifts from year one through year 60. Oh, good. We will go through all those one per minute for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss each one when we come right back with the next hour, hour two of Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike and Sarah and Jordan. Welcome back. It's hour two of Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. It's Wednesday night. All over the world. It's um, um, after midnight now, right? I think that's right. I think it is midnight right now. And even if you're listening to this on a, as a podcast, it's still after midnight. It's always after midnight somewhere. That's, that's right. right. Mm-hmm. 
That's not true. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> no, that is true. It's always after midnight here. It's always after midnight anywhere. That's true. I don't need it's to figure this out. It's always after midnight everywhere. Unless the clock is chiming midnight. <laughs> it's oh, that's after true. Midnight. It's not always after midnight. That's why the Gremlins thing was always confusing to me. Yeah. That's anytime. Yeah. What hour does it cut yeah. off? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, as we mentioned, we That's found what troubled you about Gremlins. <laughs> Everything else was plausible, but yeah. that seemed a little... It's like that Garth Brooks documentary. Which I watched this week. Have you guys seen this? Is this a recent? No, but it's I bet we'll hear about it from my dad when we oh, get home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's you a, you will both love it. You'll love it whether yeah. you <laughs> care about this guy or not. It's just as a, as a piece of art, it's a great... I, I love uh, a rock doc. I watched that whole Metallica documentary oh, yeah. completely ripped. Oh, yeah. Not caring That's at good. all about Metallica as a band. Yep. But that one's great. You yeah. watched the whole Eagles documentary, too. Yeah. I, I don't, especially. I mean, there are Eagles oh. songs I like. I wouldn't say I especially like the Eagles, but that was. I'm the same way. I, I watched it. I enjoyed the documentary, yeah. but don't. I feel like Eagles. anything that's. You know, like the interpersonal dynamics of people in a very tense situation are always going to be interesting, whether you care about the music they're making or not. So, the thing, the speaking of that, the bulk of the Garth Brooks documentary is him. Uh, addressing the camera and his ex-wife addressing the camera for most of the thing together. No. no. Oh. I mean, they're, wow. they're everything's they're fine, fine, but um, I, the whole time to to what you said, the whole time I'm wondering how did this play out and why is she so down to be in this thing right now? And I've always wondered why are they about her. So kind to each other, and yeah. it was just like I mean, you kind of get the answer, but yeah. Uh, Do yeah, they have kids just, together? Three. Yeah, three. Which you will uh, learn all about. I don't want to. Does he have kids with Trisha Yearwood too? No, no. But um, I guess they were older when they got married, right? Yeah, but they fell in love the moment they saw each other back in 1990. So is it like a June and Johnny kind of thing? It was uh-huh. Johnny Cash and June Carter. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I never All thought right. about that, but yeah, mm, yeah, love that. Yeah. Wow. 92 is this pre? That's pre uh, Chris Gaines. Uh, I thought it was night. I think it's more like earlier, maybe 1990. It is pre So Trisha had to way before Chris Gaines. That. But Chris Gaines, that album is Trisha's. She says in the documentary that that is her favorite Garth Brooks album. No. Yeah. <laughs> that SNL episode where he Garth Brooks hosted oh, yeah. and Chris Gaines was a musical guest yeah. was very important to me. Great <laughs> sketches. Yeah. I've gone through and made you watch quite a few of those because you I'd did like not grow up that. with SNL at all. So That's I've had true. to recursively go back and, and tell you about a lot of it and most of it uh, does not hold up not uh, at all yeah. but some of those do Jordan what kind of strictures were you under in terms of media as a child pretty s- pretty strict strictures <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well you were the eldest child so you had the worst of it uh, yeah, of, the, of your three siblings yeah I think you know test kid yeah, pretty, sure. pretty tight grip mm-hmm. early um, 90s I didn't, I didn't watch movies that had anything higher than a PG rating. Mm-hmm. Some PG movies had to be screened. Let's see. Definitely until high school when it kind of became impossible for my parents to really uh, monitor this. Not allowed to listen to non-Christian music. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not totally true. Like, my dad gave me um, No Fences by Garth Brooks on cassette. And sure. I used, that was one of my favorite records growing up. Yeah. yeah. And your dad has always listened to a lot of secular. He's a like an AOR kind of okay. classic yeah, rock guy. Yeah, I guess a better way to to talk about what the stricture was was that they just didn't trust any, I think, music they hadn't heard. Yeah. Um, so, like, classic music, you know, they weren't going to say you couldn't listen to the Beatles. But right. <laughs> I remember, like, you know, I, I bought on the down low went into a Sam Goody and bought Lincoln Park 
CD. Oh, Got nice. that taken away from me oh. real quick. <laughs> That's uh, probably for the best. <laughs> I remember borrowing the uh, President's of the United States of America CD from a friend of mine in junior high and bringing it home. I didn't have headphones, but I had a little CD player boombox thing. Mm. And having the volume down so low <laughs> and laying on my floor next to the speakers, listening to it as quietly as possible so my parents wouldn't hear it. Hear you listening to Lump, a <laughs> yeah. deeply controversial and satanic musical track. Oh, yeah. I didn't go to the movies without my parents. I, I, They didn't really tell me I couldn't read certain books, but then one time, I forget how this would have even taken place, but one time my mom leafed through one of the like Star Wars extended universe novels <laughs> I was reading, and there was probably a little necking or something. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and then that, now books were a problem too, yeah. so... Did she take it away? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that that was tough. Tough beat to get Star Wars. Yeah, Yeah. no kidding. Wow. The one, the rule that your parents had for you that gets me the most is that you like you couldn't hang out in your room with your door closed. That's true. Oh yeah. That's wild to me. That's how our college was. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Uh, On uh, Friday nights, the girls were allowed in the guys' dorm. Saturday nights it was reversed uh, but it was like for three hours or whatever but the door had to be open six inches at least if there was commingling of the you can genders. do a lot with six inches oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> horrible it's actually not what I meant but <laughs> go with it <laughs> I'm just saying like a, yes, a yeah. door that's slightly ajar yeah. you could get away with quite a exactly. bit totally. if you just went to the other side of the room <laughs> yeah but but the thing was they had the PAs were going up and down checking the whole time too, oh my God. like peeking and doing check-ins and stuff. Yeah, it was. I, I've told this story before, but coming to Bloomington and getting like a taste of like a free life, my own <laughs> life and freedom. Not even, not even. Like I said, I was never like someone who went wild, but just being able to think for myself and do for myself felt so good to me. And when I went, I was a freshman at IU went home for a break or something and went to visit my buddy from high school who had played bands with and stuff like that who went to Grace College and uh, he was under those kind of rules Jared yeah. that you were dealing with and visiting him at his dorm felt s- like I could physically feel the suffocation it was really uncomfortable and awful I think in Annie's dorm she got busted for having borrowed someone's PG-13 or R-rated movie or like they would come and like check ratings of the, the tapes gosh. in your room Make yeah. sure there wasn't any R-rated. Uh, but you're an adult. Exactly. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Like it just doesn't mathematically compute to me. I understand the idea of like it's a private college and they're going to have rules about alcohol or drinking, you know, sex, whatever. It's like, called a life together covenant. Yeah. Actually. I guess I just don't understand. Like, if things are nominally designed for an adult and you're adult, I guess they're designed for secular adults and you're not yeah. a secular adult. Right. So. There you go. You yeah. They're designed by Satan to drag you yeah. to hell. Right. <laughs> You signed a contract. You signed a morality clause. Or yeah, I mean, no, you're just like you know, it's like living in an intentional community. You right. make you make a covenant yeah. to to abide by certain principles. It's like when you right. sign up for your account at the IU Credit Union. <laughs> Is there a yeah. morality clause in there? <laughs> what other jingle is we started a credit oh, union right. and created a community? Getting a one point three percent APY. That's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I have that jingle stuck in my head pretty regularly after having not heard it for maybe two years now. I just think about that woman's guttural 
she starts way down low. Yeah, but you like no about, reservations. Yeah, you think yeah. about how how we're ambitious related. of a claim that is that they're making. We've talked about. Yeah, this many we've times. we've discussed this jingle that they started a credit union and created in doing so created a community. Yeah. community. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a lament. <laughs> they they so they, they opened Pandora's they box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't all get together at the same time because there's so many accounts. That's how it started off at first when we had they had like 50 accounts. <laughs> now they just divide you up by um, alphabetically. So like <laughs> I'm in the C H E through C H E um, C H E E group of all the yeah. people in the town um, with that last name. And there's like 27 of us. We get together every Tuesday for potluck, <laughs> um, discuss our um, finances. Uh, yeah, what the pers- the zero uh, point two five we're getting in our money market account, um, <laughs> and you know we we gossip about the different tellers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a real community. What yeah. if instead of church, people just did that? <laughs> yeah, got together with their. It's bank really important group. to have a community, small of, group of like-minded adults. First year of marriage, you. your anniversary <laughs> gift is going to be paper. Okay. Second year, cotton. Third cotton. year, what are we going to do? Buy each other clothes? I think we're going to choose to not participate. But wait until the third year. Uh-oh. We're talking leather, baby. It's oh. leather. That's right. Leather is the third anniversary gift. Fourth, That's a little... Hmm. Yeah. Fourth yeah. year, fruit or flowers. Wait, there's enough of these that there can be oh, either yeah. or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fifth year, wood. Sixth year... That's my favorite. Candy <laughs> or... Candy, candy or... Candy or iron. <laughs> wait, O-R-E? I-R-O-N. Wait, <laughs> or, comma, iron? Oh. Candy or iron. Or iron. They could not have picked two things that had less to do with each other. Fruit and flowers, I understand, is like living yeah. things. Yeah, exactly. Do you think people were like, well, how am I supposed to do iron? And they were like, just do candy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be cool if every category was an or category and, and your job was to find a way to combine those gifts. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Candy For and iron. Like the seventh year, which is wool or copper. I wonder if these are from a bygone era where yeah. uh, it's like, People had iron deficiencies. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> go down to the go down to the druggist and pick up some candy. And actually, it was like iron tablets. Yeah. <laughs> what if for copper, I just gave you a knapsack full of pennies? Yeah. Well, the yeah, eighth year if? is what pottery <laughs> or bronze. Pottery or bronze for eighth year. Oh. Ninth year university, willow or pottery. So <laughs> wait, pottery's, pottery's pottery hopping? gets as an option two years in a row. Yeah. Eighth and ninth. Uh, ninth year, your other option is willow. Tenth year anniversary, tin or aluminum. Tin or aluminum. Tin for tin. Yeah. They're really speaking to the Hoosiers among us (laughs) who can't tell the difference between those two words. For the next 20 years, you're looking at steel, silk or linen, lace, gold, crystal. Sixteenth anniversary is coffee or tea. Seventeenth anniversary is wine or spirits. Some of these are bobo. Yeah. Appliances, jade, china. And then for the years 21 through 24, um, you're... These all have uh, the word theme in parentheses after them. Fire, water, air, and stone. We'll be back with the last 35 (laughs) of these uh, later in the show. Oh, my gosh. real secret information only available on this podcast. Sarah, uh, this podcast, as you can tell, Jared's obviously doing his research over there. Uh, It's pretty freewheeling. It's real conversational. You've got a podcast that's kind of like that as well. That's true. Uh, do you yeah. want to tell us about Bimbo Summit? And my question specifically is, um, what amount of research are y'all doing before each show? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have a, a podcast with two of my best friends, Izzy and Dylan. We talk about conspiracy theories broadly. I would say we also talk about uh, 
mysterious phenomena more generally uh, or interesting incidents. We recently talked about different balloon incidents. I enjoyed that one a lot. None of those a are cliffhanging two-parter. Really. Yeah, yeah it's a two-parter. We've realized that we want to try to keep it pretty short, but it's very hard to do that when you're talking about like mysteries or you know things that are kind of unknown or, or uh, unusual because there tends to be a lot of speculating when you don't know things and that that takes time so we're trying to keep them keep them brief sometimes we have to split them into two parters in terms of research um i'm often the like librarian of the podcast where we'll, we'll collectively pick a theme we will sometimes collectively gather research materials. Sometimes I'll do that and then give them to everyone. We'll all we'll all read stuff ahead of time so that we can have a conversation about it. But I try been, to make sure I really know the facts, though, just in case. You've sort of been preparing this your whole life, working, reading books in the corner while your dad's working. That's true. No, it's it's very. I have been very interested in conspiracy and mysterious phenomena since I was a little kid. Uh, the only book I remember reading in third grade. It's not a book. The only thing I remember reading in third grade, I'm sure I read other things, where we had these, um, like, reading comprehension packets that were, like, mimeographed, and I don't think my teachers even, like, knew that we had or cared about. It was not something that was assigned. But we'd have, like, silent reading time, and I found all of them, and we had a bunch that were about, like, the Winchester Mystery House, the Loch Ness Monster. There was one about Howard Hughes during the period of his life where he, like, became a shut-in, and that, like set my brain on fire when I was a little kid and yeah. I got really into that and I feel like in the 90s there was uh, quite a bit of focus on like the paranormal and oh yeah that kind of phenomenon like you know X-Files adjacent things yeah. uh, those time life books yeah com- commercials <laughs> for the time life books yeah. and because so. because my parents were godless I grew up extremely steeped in that and like allowed to read pretty much anything I wanted and the 001 section of the public library which is where the phenomena oh yeah unexplained mysterious phenomena stuff it's, is it's, st- it's still there yeah 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 it's a Dewey number. I have <laughs> yeah. in my library where I am the librarian. It's a robust section <laughs> for sure. That's a uh, very popular section in the uh, county jail library too. Yeah, More so than, you know, the general public library. Yeah. Well, it's there's a, a lot to fact. know. Yeah. I don't, for the record, I don't really believe any conspiracy theories. I just really, really like them. You don't believe any? Okay, well, name one you think I believe. I don't know, but sometimes you talk about them and there maybe some it's I'm, that it's, it seems like you want to believe. Yeah, well, definitely. There are some I'm, I'm willing to entertain. And there are not many things where I'm like, that's there's definitely no way that that could be real. Especially when it comes to like cryptids and stuff. Like I definitely want to believe that there's like megalodons. <laughs> I don't believe it. But I if it were true, I would be very excited. Yeah. And like ghosts is a similar thing. I wouldn't say I believe in ghosts, but when someone tells me like a personal ghost story, I'm like I completely believe them. Yeah. So That is uh, that's something that I think about frequently is like I don't believe in ghosts. Um but when someone that I know and trust tells me a ghost story, it's like, well, I'm going to go down the road with you, even though I'm going to be skeptical about it. I believe that you believe you've had this experience. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do want it to be true, for sure. I just think, you know, there's a lot we don't know. Yeah. About some pretty basic stuff. We don't know why people cry. We don't know why people dream. You know, our the limits of our understanding, 
we're not anywhere close to to knowing a lot about a lot of things and so you know that leaves open a lot of room for possibility and speculation and stuff we we think we understand but we don't the yeah and a lot of, there and a lot of yeah, gaps right. to necessarily fill to yeah. continue just you get to pick what you put in there that's right since we don't know the facts yeah and one of them is definitely the bigfoot is real <laughs> i've never seen a bigfoot I've never seen. I used to hunt for Bigfoot. Oh. In my woods when I was a kid, I would hunt for Ewoks and I would hunt for Bigfoots. Nice. And I never saw either, but I'm sure they're there. You said Bigfoots. Yeah. Uh, not big feet. No, Bigfoots. Okay, good. Rural know. pronunciation. <laughs> oh, well, it's a proper noun, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I just never really thought about more than one at a time. I, guess. I don't call you. <laughs> no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I want to know what you call me. <laughs> Jordan, you don't believe in any conspiracy theories. Well, I haven't heard them all, so, you know, it's a bit presumptive. But I've tried to I've tried to press you like if you had to like pick one that you think is really plausible, you're like, "No, <laughs> I won't do it." I mean, out of the ones I know about, yeah. I don't think Martin Luther King was actually assassinated by that one guy, or if he was, it was a, a you know, a setup. That's probably, but I, you know, that's barely a conspiracy theory, that's, right? That's a kind of theory, though, that I actually would have no opinion on, having not looked into it. Right. Yeah. Maybe there's a difference between like true conspiracy theory and something that is just uh, nebulous, <laughs> you know, like not, a, not well understood. I read a great book last summer about conspiracy theories, and there was a whole chapter in it uh, dedicated to uh, African American culture and their relationship of the culture to conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and talking about how complex it is because of things like the CIA dumping crack in neighborhoods. And yeah. Or like, like the Tuskegee experiment. Yeah, like exactly. Of course you think the government yeah. is lying to you because they have absolutely done so many times. Totally. In the past. Yeah. And you know, like, uh, what's COINTELPRO, like mm-hmm. the FBI thing. Uh, and, and it just, there was a whole chapter dedicated in the book to like that, that complex relationship because she was careful in the book not to be like conspiracy theories are bunk and people who believe right. in them are crazy because there are things like that that's like that's gonna mess up your ability to uh feel like you can know the truth <laughs> right and it, you know it might be a very healthy level of skepticism totally. to have yeah it's, right seems like a you know protective instinct that is, is very sane there are a lot of people who would probably do well to be like I should think twice about what I'm being told. (laughs) Not necessarily that you have to then hang a conspiracy theory on it, but just to be very skeptical about like, I, you know, just because someone is saying something is true doesn't mean that it is true. And it's important to look at the motives behind why people, especially people in power are telling you things, uh, because there might be something more to it. Now, I think that like a lot of conspiracy theories are very grandiose and they ascribe a lot of ability to people who often like don't deserve (laughs) that much credit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, talking about QAnon or, um, what else? I don't know. Any, any kind of like uh, the reptilians or or whatever. Yeah. 5g, like things that would have to be so complex and so many people would have to be keeping secrets that it's just not possible. Yeah. Or like the, the fireworks based conspiracies that have been happening around the 4th of July, which should tell you everything you need to know. What are those? There are a lot of people who are, it's not totally clear, like what exactly they believe the motive to be, but there are people, especially in cities who are saying like the amount of fireworks going off this year, this was like the maybe two weeks, one week before 4th of July, they were like, this is way more than normal. And so, which may or may not be true. Like I, you know, whether or not that is true is a whole other question 
but there are people who are ascribing that to some kind of like psyop like well the government is arming people with fireworks they're setting off these fireworks deliberately or if i heard people say fire departments are setting off fireworks deliberately to um create a war zone like atmosphere and keep people like tense and afraid that was one of the theories uh i'm not totally sure what the other theories to what are. end yeah what and imagine believing that the u.s government is so organized that they could create like a multi-city coordinated effort to uh to do something like that in certain areas and not others i would imagine that it's probably related to the fact that people are more bored this year and there are not fireworks shows happening in many places as have been canceled so what are you going to do like in a lockdown around the fourth of july when normal entertainment is not you know is less present you might set off a lot of fireworks there have been fireworks out here like caddy corner across the street that way and actually in the neighborhood directly across the street behind those restaurants uh, that have been setting off fireworks every night for the last month and a half. Yeah. It's wild. I, when yeah. people ask me about, like, what's what do you really love about being an American? Like, what makes you proud? Or, like, you know, what's good about this? I always, almost immediately think about fireworks. <laughs> I think, like, our relationship to fire and pyromania is, like, one of our best qualities. Interesting. It's a beautiful American part of our spirit. What that about we it love in lighting particular? stuff on fire. Well, I think, you know the lawlessness of it doing things I think we really excel at doing things that are like possibly stupidly dangerous but sometimes doing them very knowingly like we're very aware of how dangerous it is when I set up a bottle rock in my hands I know that that's not a smart thing to be doing (laughs) but does that stop me no like I I I think the kind of animal relationship with fire is is sort of beautiful it's not very often that we're in touch with like the most animal part of ourselves and we have a healthy fear and respect for that, but also like a desire to do it. And our fear does not stop us from doing it. I think that's really wonderful. We talked about, I think, a long time ago, Jared, on the show, I think you introduced us to Superhuman. You know that guy? Oh, my. Uh, yeah, I probably did. I, earlier today. He, someone, he's someone, really caught on. He's, he's everywhere now. Okay, because someone I follow on Instagram mentioned him and shared one of his videos today. Please explain this. Yeah. Who is this guy? It's, one, he's it's a, a, basically like... Um, He's a juggalo enthusiast mm-hmm. who does uh, pro wrestling slash jackass style oh, stunts yeah. in his backyard. I would say pro wrestling moves in a jackass style. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a real like routine that he does. He has a, a yeah a um, catchphrase. Um, I was gonna say like a liturgical like uh, yeah yeah thing. Uh, I think he a um, bunch of catchphrases he goes through all at once. Yeah, he does, it says the same thing. It's like time. a rundown before he does his stunt, and his stunts are like jumping off a picnic table onto just a wad of barbed wire. And then Whoa. in parentheses, like, professional wrestler name in the style of so-and-so or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and there's tons of it. Just... I, I haven't kept up with him in, like, since I probably mentioned him a year ago, so I need, lot, to, I need yeah. to see what he's up to. And that was the last I'd seen of him until this morning when oh. someone on Instagram that I follow was like, oh, I love this guy. I was like, oh, yeah, that dude. Superhuman with two M's, I think. Yeah, two M's. And he's still at it, and it's just like, watch, especially because before, the stuff I'd seen was YouTube. So it was like a little longer, or like, I don't know, he sort of marinated a little bit. He's got it down now to where it's like a brief Instagram moment of pain. Yeah. He the- also wails, like he lets it out when he oh, hits yeah. the stuff. He doesn't hold back ab- about how much it kills. Yeah. <laughs> I think the maybe American relationship between bravery and masochism is something really special about us. Oh, yeah, us. yeah. 
But he, yeah, but he does keep doing it. He just keeps going for it, and uh, he certainly seems to enjoy himself. <laughs> I don't know, but there's some stuff in there. The one I saw today, he had two folding chairs. He was standing on his platform. He had two folding chairs, uh, and one on the on the seat of them between them there was just a board, and then on on top of them there was a board that had meticulously. Uh, been uh, uh, laid out with thumbtacks mm-hmm. and he did a flip and landed on his back on these thumbtacks and it was just wow oof. yeah too much for old Mike Adams is that really a thing that goes on I don't know much I know Jared at least you're like a big um, wrestling fan so mm-hmm. when there's that kind of pain stuff in wrestling where you know there's barbed wire involved or people breaking boards over each other's backs yeah. how much of that is unsimulated as opposed to you know i think we're all from you know we all feel like well we watch wrestling we think like well a lot of those moves there's some simulation going on but i'm curious yeah. about the objects if there's like a stagecraft with the objects i think with a lot of the like deathmatch there's like a kind of subset of like deathmatch wrestling with that kind of stuff and i think it's all pretty much uh they're they're trying to hurt each other as little as possible but there's to actually do what they're doing there's no way to not just get torn because you can see like physical like lacerations and stuff immediately afterwards to me it seems like they're they're trying trying to strike a balance between pain and harm is what it seems like to me they don't want to harm anybody but they do uh they do allow the pain right and and go for it as they say pain don't hurt (laughs) That's right. I think they tried to avoid, like, you know, hitting arteries, right. particular <laughs> arteries That's and good. stuff like Hopefully, that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's rough, man. I've been thinking about that a lot because uh, Jordan's mom gets really nervous when I take stuff out of the oven without, like, real oven mitts. Like, I'll just use a rag. And yeah. she's like, <gasps> That's what know? I do. And I'm like... Well, what, like, what are you worried about happening? She's like, you could burn yourself. And I'm like, well, that's okay. Like, I'm not going to try to do it. But if it happens, it's not that big of a deal. Like, pain, pain is something permanent pain is something lasting pain isn't like a you know you get a little burn and then it kind of sucks for a couple days you know i want i want to have a a a more uh removed relationship from pain why do you say pain is something permanent well i think it's like what you were saying about harm like real pain you mean something my mom should be concerned about would be something that would be lasting right right yeah like uh Maybe it's better. It's okay to worry about harm, but maybe you shouldn't worry about pain or let pain inhibit you. Do you guys want to hear a, a, a tweet, a tweeted out cameo from one of the best deathmatch deathmatch wrestlers on the scene today? Yes. He had a um, an addiction problem, which led to him, um, I think, doing... Was it painkillers? Arm, armed robbery. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. An armed robbery. I think it was armed which I believe led him into five years of incarceration. Oh, my gosh. But he's he's out now. He's been out for a while. Seems to be doing well. And he's... Anyway. Who is this man? Uh, this is Nick Gage, leader of the murder, uh, murder death, kill gang. Cool name. You ready? <laughs> Here's a, a, I'm ready for I you. I think someone requested him to do this on Cameo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he tweeted, like, you know, I would, I would do this for free anyway. All right. Here, here's okay. a... Here, here we go. Oh, we're going to have to, uh, we'll have to <laughs> we're going to have to edit this out, <laughs> okay, Mike, in post. Great. Yeah, no problem. First off, I'm the god of this shit. I'm Nick f***ing Gage. I'm a leader of a murder-death-kill gang. I got something to say right now. I'm talking about trans rights right now. 
especially in the climate of this America right now. Trans rights are human rights. They are human fucking beings. And if you're transphobic, guess what? You see me, I'm gonna fuck you up. MDK all fucking day. Shout out to all the trans out there, support you. Keep fighting the fight. Anybody else, humans rights, keep fighting. Man, I love bros. First off, I'm the god. Yeah. Anyway, it's just a nice message from a deathmatch wrestler. He he looks like his body is made of gravel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I didn't see him, but I can imagine. Yeah, imagine uh, the Pokemon Graveler. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, how much time do we have, Mike? We've got about uh, 20 minutes. Okay, we have a list of things we got to get through real quick. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, uh. Okay, uh, first of all, we, we talked about that, uh, that tall J billboard. Oh, I sent you a photograph of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't oh, think we talked about it on the show. Or maybe I'm thinking of a different one. What are you talking about? There's this billboard out in front of the uh, the parking lot behind the Comedy Attic. Yeah. Bishop, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And it's this guy named Tall J. It's a local handyman. Yeah. Uh, I sent you a photograph. And it says, uh, yeah, Tall J, Tall J Maintenance. Um for everything on your honey to do list that your honey won't do honey dash to dash do yeah which is not the not the right uh phrase honey it's to that, do there's like have you heard of that so the it's like stuff you want your husband to fix right but the 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 uh word is your honey do list which because it's supposed to be like a uh, like a melon like, like melon yeah. honey do yeah but it's like all the things for your you want your honey to do but this billboard says honey to do. <laughs> but he had to which fudge it so that it would be like prosaic with the, the phrase, right? I don't know. It's a little confusing. <laughs> he added that two in there and he shouldn't have. And we're <laughs> mad about it. That's I the support point. it. I think it makes more sense. It makes more honeydew. sense. If, okay, so I'm glad that you guys haven't heard that honeydew no. thing. Because I figured we haven't been married long enough. Knows. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, to me, that's like an old hillbilly it's thing. It's an old yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. When our church would say growing up, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, glad we got cl- we got that cleared up. I guess they're in the right for doing that. Okay, uh, the, the Kiku Sushi is no longer there. I saw Which the one is that? Yeah. It was the all-you-can-eat iPad sushi place. Oh, my God. I called it Kuki someone, Sushi. It who was, was it? Someone incredible. was telling me the other day about a, a restaurant where you, like, order with your phone while you're... Someone told me that oh. Social Cantina oh. on the square... He no. didn't seem very clear about what was going on, but he made it sound like you order, you like scan the menu, you scan like a QR code, and then you look at the menu on their on your phone. Whoa! Maybe you don't order on. Is your that phone. a pandemic thing or something they would do I anyways? I don't know. It seems yeah. Maybe you know, that's a pandemic thing. I guess that would make more sense than that being the like. This people. is me just following my instinct here. Oh boy! But I, I would think, if okay. The, if someone told me this was true, I wouldn't be surprised. Is how I'll say it. That if uh, ordering on your phone, rather than verbally saying your order to another person, I could see people getting more stuff and uh, spending more money that way. I definitely got more yeah. all-you-can-eat sushi when I was ordering it on my iPad. Yeah. Where was Kiku Sushi? It was in a strip mall on the east side of town. Uh-huh. I think it was like a Bloomington Bagel place, yeah, by a Covenator. video stop. A, a, yeah. 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 A, I got you. A wine place. It was all you can eat sushi you go there you pay him $14 and they give you an iPad and you just poke <laughs> all the things that you want and when you do it dings the bell in the back and the sushi chef starts creating those things I mean why do they, that when you could do the thing where it's the train yeah if you're gonna do something high tech with sushi that's true make a sushi train I but guess it's it not to order then and yeah. it was yeah. like a big restaurant like 
yeah. seated like you weren't at a bar anyway right. the point is it's in a strip mall yeah it's not kooky it's not kiku sushi anymore <laughs> it's a new restaurant named gaza gaza so is it like middle eastern but it's in a strip mall just like the gaza strip <laughs> oh my god that was the whole point of bringing that up wow thank wow. you i i knew we couldn't get through worth a whole it. episode with that worth you it. talking about local restaurants <laughs> 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 not possible. Hey, speaking of local restaurants, yes, uh, Sarah, what, uh, tell us about Ladyman's restaurant. Oh, Ladyman's. So, um, right downtown on Fifth Street, next to the Buskirk. Before the Buskirk was reopened, because when I was a kid, the Buskirk was shuttered. There was a restaurant called Ladyman's. It was a diner. It's kind of a hole in the wall. Uh, I believe it's now. Oh, I don't know. Like some one salon. of those salons. Yeah, Mardon something salon. you would never go something. to. I think Mardon is on the corner. It might be that, like a realty. Oh, place. the banana, the banana, the banana, the banana people. Yeah, yeah with the tr- with the car. With the um, awful uh, Freddie Mercury commercial. <laughs> what? Have you seen that? No. Oh no! Yikes! I'll show it to you. Yeah, please it's, do. Yeah. Um, so Lady Mint's was a diner, uh, in a very sort of classic Bloomington style. If you ever went to Crescent Donut before they remodeled, mm-hmm. it's that was a very similar decor, kind of country kitsch, but also pretty minimal. Um, Lady Mint's did not have good food at all but it was a really wonderful place to be you know it was a, i think it had been opened in the 60s and it got closed down when i was maybe in the early 2000s i, think uh, I was, it was a teenager it was i ate, there. Um, I ate yeah. there several times yeah. uh, and would frequent the place 2004 2005 something, yeah. I guess. something yeah, like that that yeah. sounds right i have a picture of them taking the sign down i was like walking down kirkwood oh, as a teenager and, and took a picture of them removing the sign which is a very sad day but uh yeah, it's it's a shame because it was very cool to have a diner right downtown, like a, a true cheap diner. Not that like Bloomington a, doesn't know. have a real diner makes me so angry. Well, first it there really was drives me crazy. Waffle House, yeah. our off-brand Waffle House, yeah. which was also terrible, um, and that closed down. There was a place called Judy's Diner over where like um, Carson's Barbecue is now, I think. Over on right just here? just across the street. Oh, that's not and downtown though. You gotta not, have. Did one. I say downtown? I meant the, here on the west side. But I, I, anyway, yeah. but there, yeah, and there, Wee Willie's was not downtown, Wasn't but downtown. it was um, no. the best place, and that is also gone. The, and the Ellettsville one is the know, food's the same. Okay, but I actually really like that Ellettsville one, but I, I would not call it a diner. No, no, I really no. like that restaurant. It is a breakfast yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Wee Willie's was, uh, I mean, arguably Willie, Wee Willie's was not exactly a diner either, but it had a diner feeling. Yeah, it did. It drives me crazy that this town doesn't have a real diner. A towny diner. Yeah. I feel like everything that springs up now is definitely made with college kids in mind. What did we lose? Bloomington Diner? <laughs> Bloomington Diner was. Do you remember we went there one time, some accursed night, when we like couldn't figure out what to make, <laughs> and we went, we went there, and it was like is absolutely that? in shambles. I think they had just opened, and you had to order on an iPad, and we were like, "Is that the same as B Town Diner?" Yeah. yeah, that's what. I okay. mean. the one that's okay. in where the Cinemat was. I don't have a particular uh, feeling about that place, but oh, yeah. uh, one time I went there and had a blueberry milkshake, and it was very good. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I have to say that's about good. B-Town Diner. We kept it neutral. About yeah. yeah. Local yeah. establishment. Mm-hmm. No, it seemed um, on its last legs. And then, is it still open? I don't know. As far as I know, I, yeah. I, that's shocking to me, because that was like when we started dating. So maybe seven, seven years ago. I can't believe it's been around that long. Yeah. Yeah, the place was absolutely cursed. Well, that's, so talking about Ladyman's, when I got here... That strip right there was Greeks Ladyman's Roadworthy, and it was like this awesome little yeah. everything were you Greeks need. Greeks and Ladyman's open at the same time. I guess yeah. briefly, yeah. There would have been a window when they were both 
right And that there. Greeks was cool too because it was like it's where the, I think the sandwich company is now. I liked Greeks. Yeah. Greeks is there was a Greeks in Warsaw too, right? Until Brief, recently, briefly, yeah. 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 Well, that, they have to compete Greeks, with Pizza King, and that's uh, not fair. That the Greeks in Warsaw. I have a photo from inside there, uh, because the bathrooms were downstairs mm-hmm. in that weird laid-out building. Yeah. Uh, and so were the arcade games. And so over this the stairs descending in Greeks, there was a sign that said "restroom." restroom games with an arrow that pointed <laughs> down so it just says restroom games and i really like that yeah that's, <laughs> that's a, good reindeer games restroom <laughs> games that was on the square in warsaw right yeah. yeah in what is now some warsaw's doing that thing that i think a lot of small indiana towns are doing where they're becoming like needlessly and sort of tragically trendy in a way that definitely won't last yeah. but i think that place is some like extremely upscale seeming it's like a it's like event a space bar. Pacifi- no, it's a like Pacifico themed cocktail bar, oh, like pal- with like palm trees. And oh, Greece is there on that corner. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's very like kind next of like Baskin Robbins. Yeah. Yeah. Art Deco, Pacifico, like kind of f- that Florida, you know, but big palm trees, yeah. but also things are gilded. I think it's like supposed to be kind of Cuban Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the vibe, which. I mean, good luck to them. <laughs> the For a while, that place was a, a, a dog-friendly wine bar that oh, lasted funny. about yeah. six months. <laughs> Gross. It was like vino cane. <laughs> vino cane. <laughs> yeah. You could bring your dog wow. in and drink a glass of an expensive Why glass of wine. Why do they just call it dog and suds? <laughs> what's the place I, called in, in Annapolis? Which place? Our favorite Mexican restaurant in Annapolis, it was next to a place that was like a dog washing place and a coffee shop. Oh, it's oh. like Suds. And it's not Dog and Suds, <laughs> which you would think. <laughs> I don't remember. I can't. It didn't really have that. It had a name that didn't exactly tip you off to what it was. And then when you read the fine print, you it, it was like horrifying. The idea of like wet dog. Yeah. Dog on its own is like bad enough to me, but dog and then w- like wet. Yeah. yeah, you're like what you're shampooing it and its hair is going down the drain and people are also <laughs> drinking coffee. It's not yeah. as bad it's not as bad as the Tiki Hut in downtown Fairmount, Indiana, which was a coffee shop slash tanning salon. Ooh. But the predominant smell was the tanning lotion. Yeah. One of the Coconut. worst diners I've ever been to in my life was in Fairmount, Indiana. Yeah, it, the it Morrissey had, it's, Diner. It's not a diner anymore. What is it now? Um, right now I think it's just empty. Hmm. I think the record shop is not open anymore. It was open only from 12 to 5 on Saturdays. Now I don't even think they're doing that. So I think Bummer. all the records are still in there with like a sheet over them. Yeah. From, and it's the original stock from the 1960s. Uh, I mean, they've added things throughout the years up to like the 80s and 90s and a little bit. I went to an excellent thrift store there. Helping Hands. It That's was where like, I get all my stuff. Is it across from the diner? Or near uh, the diner? Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found a great like 80s prom dress. Uh, yeah. They they cool still glasses. They, they still they still stock stock good stuff. Yeah. All their greeting cards are still ten cents. Ooh, nice. Um, I bet you have a lot of those. Yeah, <laughs> I do. My favorite diner that I've ever been to ever was in Warsaw, Indiana. You know, speaking of that Greeks, you know, kind of catty corner from there. There's the Merle Norman shop. Mm-hmm. That location uh, was Breeding's Cigar Store before it was Merle Norman, and. I frequented that place as a teen. I worked at the hardware store that was shared an alley. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was... I wish I had a way to describe what a weird, frozen-in-time place it was. 
because it had like a 1920s feel to it almost. Um, I don't know how old it actually was, but it was like the front half or the front third was like a glass counter with cigars and tobacco in it, but that no one had ever bought anything from since the 1960s. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like weird looking, but fascinating and cool. There was junk piled around. There were these old dudes who would sit in there and play dominoes. All the tables in the place were like worn down. Like there was a big worn patch in the middle of all the tables where people were playing dominoes. Um, That's very cool. The bar had like those really cool old like diner padded diner seats, you know, mm-hmm. like bar stools bolted to the floor. This guy Smitty was the on the grill and the guy Burley owned the place. And they were just wild and weird and you ate your hamburger and then you just dropped your trash on the floor. And then every couple of hours Smitty would sweep up the floor. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. You're just like waxed wrapper or whatever. You just drop it on the yeah. floor. And that was what you were encouraged to do. Because Smitty's just gonna sweep it up. Oh, we have bad <laughs> worst <laughs> worse uh, drug store diner news oh Zales Zales is out of town gone gone or at least not the whole drugstore but the no, the, the lunch counterpart the lunch oh. Jess is going to be very bummed I never made I know. it Jess there. is the one who told me about yeah. Zales bummer but we went there once and the food was very bad yeah. but it was very cool <laughs> yeah I think it was particularly good my pastor's wife used to take me to lunch there I'll yeah. miss the fish sandwich <laughs> oh yeah I'll, although I gotta say my loyalties lie with another local pharmacy uh, so, I'm sorry to hear CBS. that. CBS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a Pillbox family. The best. Mm. Uh. Yeah. yeah, the Pillbox is a good vibe. My mom works there, and I worked there for two summers. Nice. I delivered uh, drugs and deathbeds to people for two summers <laughs> from there. Yeah. Wow. Cool Was job. The Pillbox is a compounding pharmacy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look Dar- at you. <laughs> yeah. I'm under the, <laughs> under the terms. Darn good soup is gone. Really? Speaking of former locations oh, yeah. of the Bloomington Sandwich that. Shop. That's sad. <laughs> that is kind of sad. But it might come back. They were a real workhorse, you know. What yeah. if what if what if we can get the rights to the to the name Ladyman's and start it back up? I don't really want to be in the restaurant business. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah, Jordan, you spent plenty of time. I did doing my that. time, I think. Yeah. Did you do food yeah. service? What'd you do? Worked at the Alvary for like ten years. Oh, oh, I didn't realize it was ten years. Yeah, vegan yeah. hooters. <laughs> wow oh, I did not heard make that, that up That was an Abby Friedman original That's pretty good <laughs> Vegan Hooters <laughs> Pretty great Yeah What do you guys know Or feel Or think about Evansville, Indiana Because we I'd never been there really I used to pass through there On the way to my grandparents In Lawrence. I've only been there Just a couple times um, Last time I was with Mike My in-laws live down there Just kind of grew yeah. up near there In a small town Outside of Evansville mm. uh, And we were there from New Harmony <laughs> Not quite, but Close. definitely the same road. Yeah. Uh, she's from Chandler, which is uh, between Newburgh and Boonville, New Harmony. Uh, but I was down there a couple months ago before everything shut down, and I had one of the best meals I've had in a very long time in Evansville proper. And then I had a cup of coffee that was a curry latte. That really kind of blew my mind. Yeah, I, I went back the next day to get another one, and they, the place was closed on Sundays or uh-huh. Mondays or whatever it was. What was your your best meal? I think it was the place was called Amy's or Amy something. Uh, and I had um, 
a bastardized um, eggs benedict that had uh, burnt ends on it. Oh, and barbecue, and it was amazing. Sounds good. It was really, really good, and the f- ev- all the food that everyone had was really great. Yes, Jared. <laughs> Bad news, Mike. Yes, our co-hosts. Need to hit the road. Oh, and you know, back yeah, to the East Coast. That makes sense because we're about out of time. Back all, to the East Coast. Makes sense. <laughs> Is that not, where you're going? Not on your uh, life. Where are you going next? We're going back to Warsaw. Yeah. Oh, okay. Beautiful Warsaw. We're not going back to the East Coast until we absolutely what? have to, and we don't what? really even know when that's going to be. What, Say hi to my what, what parents for What What? 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 Spit it out. What happened? <laughs> where have you been during the pandemic so far? Warsaw mostly. Warsaw, yeah. Indiana. Bloomington, Indiana. About two days in Evansville, Indiana. Okay. Uh, uh, where was some other places in southern Indiana? Clay City, Indiana. Clay City, Indiana. We briefly went back to Maryland to get some more of our stuff because we initially came like, oh, we're going to be here for about two weeks. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and all our plans were still in our apartment, so we had to go back and get all that. Uh, where else have we been? Anywhere? I don't know. Really mostly in Warsaw. Pretty much mostly yeah. Warsaw. We're going to drive to Cadillac, Michigan for our anniversary in Glamp. All nice. right. <laughs> we found a we found a cool tent that has a uh, running water and electricity, very which is cool. very cool. much my vibe. Mm-hmm. The tent is more your vibe. The running water and electricity yeah. is my I mean, vibe. Really, glamping is yeah. the is just a direct combination of, of yeah. two things, two That's features what of our personality. It's about resolving. It's about living within the dialectic of glamour. Yeah. And your idea of camping rustic is rustic living. It's more like the uh, Assemblies of God church camp. <laughs> yeah. Of camping. yeah, my way of camping is really not yeah. doing it at all. <laughs> at night, you'll speak in tongues at the big church service. And <laughs> thanks and for we'll joining go back us to the air conditioning. Jordan, uh, do you have a podcast yet? <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to yeah, promote? Yeah, it's called Jordan? Unspoken Plugs. Requests Prayer. with Mike and Jared. And our new, our new, we should have a third co-host, sure. a permanent co-host. If you can be here every every two weeks, <laughs> uh, Sarah, you do have a. a, a Award? I guess it's not award-winning award? yet. Award? Award-winning. What you have are you a big award. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking through a mask. You have a world-renowned. Is the mask on your brain? Too? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I'm thinking through a mask. Wow. You have a great podcast. Thank I've you. listened to every episode so yeah, far. Thank you very much. Yeah. Being one I of think our, it's a lot of fun. One of our 12 to 15 supporters. <laughs> uh, it's called Bimbo Summit. It's um, someone stole your name. Actually, we, I can't talk about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, you, uh, the, the best way to find it is just to enter Bimbo Summit and look for your picture on yeah, the graphic. Yeah, we have a, a bright green icon. Mm-hmm. It's a yep. great podcast, and it's yeah, you. wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's it's available on yeah. any of those places. Um, Stitcher Premium. We're not extremely regular <laughs> with our episodes. We like to uh, we like to kind of be teases. Yeah. Keep people guessing. So it might come out on Tuesdays. It might not. Might not. You know. Oh, something I casually uh, mentioned to Izzy on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, in the midst of talking about something else, was that uh, I'd like to hear you guys do a Baby Jessica episode. Oh, I would point. love to. Yeah. That was I. I'm just old enough to kind of barely remember. Yeah. Either, well, there are a lot of things that I don't know if I remember them or if I just like gained cultural consciousness of them you later. Them. But when yeah. I was still really young, so I'm. Wh- what year was Baby Jessica? Eighties. Okay, then I don't remember. I was not alive. <laughs> <laughs> I probably read about it when I was seven or eight, and you know, in my mind, it had just happened. So. Yeah, I was pretty young. Eighty. It was like mid eighties. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good one. We could combine it with the. Uh, that child rescue where Elon Musk said he was going to send down a tiny submarine <laughs> and then he called the rescuer a pedophile. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, dear. Oh, we can do a child rescue episode. Child rescue. Yeah, that's good. Is there a conspiracy related to baby Jessica? We can make one up. Yeah, good question. I don't know. I just love that it was uh, one of those things. It, it, I, I thought of it actually listening to your um, Cleveland Balloon episode. It's Yeah, it's yeah. it's similar to Balloon Boy in the sense yeah, that like, totally. the nation is waiting with bated breath to see if a kid will die. <laughs> <laughs> Although that one being fake, yeah. the, the, that was the ultimate uh, wrap-up to that one. Right, that it was that all phony, he was never in the balloon to begin yeah. with. Right? Baby Jessica was in 1987, um, yeah, no. Baby Jessica incident. It was negative three. But the... Uh, <laughs> The, the funny thing about this to me is the uh, Wikipedia entry says, you know, born, age, town, uh, known for, falling into a <laughs> well at 18 well. months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Not, not too well for 18 months, at 18 months, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, married with two children. Wow, like the TV show. <laughs> he should get into his own Wikipedia page and edit that best known for a bit. Maybe like... Baby Jessica? <laughs> married with two children is she's what married with children would be called if it had been Jordan. written by Tall J. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. <laughs> hey, what was the name of that Gina Washington song you mentioned? Around the Town. Around the Town. Oh, Jordan had a musical request, too. You have a very good... I don't know if people if people are very aware of her work, and they absolutely Are we doing be. two songs? It seems like... Well, you, How much you, time you, we got, Mike? Uh, it's hard to it. say. We don't have much time. Yeah, let's just go with Around the Town right, by Gina Washington. Tell people to listen to our girl... Everyone should listen to Vendredi Sur Mer. She's a she's great. a Swiss singer who sings in French, and it's kind of seventies porno music. Sounds great. Perfect. Perfect. Check it out. What was the name again? Vendredi Sur Mer. Friday right. on the Sea. All right, we'll check it out. Thanks again for joining us as our special guest co-hosts Jordan and Sarah. Have a safe trip back to Thanks for having Warsaw. us. It's great. Yeah, it's been a blast. This has been Unspoken Request with Jared and Mike. We'll be back in two weeks for episode sixty-six. Of Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. Let's see how long I can do this before Mike punches me right in the nose here on Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. Bye!